Good news, everyone. Everyone's favorite podcast from the year 3000 has returned. Yes, it is Tales of Futurama. Each week, we'll be going back and revisiting every episode of the series, discussing the themes, gags, and all the Easter eggs you may not have seen the first time around. It's Tales of Futurama, available now exclusively at patreon.com slash discount. really isn't necessary. You weren't around for the birth of your grandson, and I want you to see it. Wow, 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 ain't I cute? You owe me a dirt bike. Four-finger discount, dude. Welcome to Four Finger Discount. This week we are here to review episode EABF18. It is episode 2 of season 15, My Mother the Carjacker. I'm Dando. I am Guy. Glenn Close is back, baby. Yeah. <laughs> she's really good in this performance. I feel like you, just, you can say, you can just tell that she's having a good time. She is. I mean, anyone who throws themselves into saying, don't, is uh, is okay by me. Especially yeah. when it's, uh, you know, one of the most acclaimed uh, yeah. actresses of American stage and screen. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's, it's great. It's always nice to see Mona making a return. I believe she makes one more appearance in the series. I don't recall that episode, but I read a couple of reviews on this one. They said that she comes back for a third one. So okay. no spoilers if you're listening. Let, don't let us know what happens. I don't know what happens there, so we'll soon find out. But uh, me, me neither. This episode I've watched twice. And the first time I finished watching it, my first reaction was, well, that just had its moments, but it kind of felt pointless because it just kind of felt like a retread of what we'd already had with Homer's mm-hmm. mum returning. But then I rewatched it, taking my notes and whatnot, and... I sort of thought here her purpose was not more important than the first one, I guess, but different in the sense that she didn't just leave because she was being chased, because she got caught this time. She actually risked her life and taught Homer how to be a better father in the process. So I, I feel like this ending, uh, maybe just because of the ear of the show, if it was a bit early, it may have had more more emotional impact because it was actually quite sad, especially like Homer's watching what he thought his mother being killed or dying. Yes. So that's pretty intense, but it was kind of not played for last, but it was just sort of glossed over. I feel like if this was in the more of the golden era, uh, this episode would have been, this ending in particular, would have been really sad. I wish they didn't end with her, the little monologue at the end saying, oh no, it's okay, I'm, I'm fine. I feel like if they left it open-ended, is she okay, is she not? That would have been a better way to end the episode because it kind of took away from the the impact of her dying and everything that I guess so sense? but maybe after the first time and you know the impact that the uh, the first episode with Mona had on viewers because I think a lot yeah. of people take that uh, hold that one pretty close to their heart I, yeah I think you, you couldn't do it to the hearts of the <laughs> of the audience again I think you had to give mm. them that little bit of uh, that little bit of hope and not and not even hope it's more just a um a nice light way to uh, to get out of the uh, out of the episode. Now, what, what, one second, Mr. Davis. I've just been called into uh, the bedroom. I have to say goodnight to Elliot. I'll be back in one moment. <laughs> That's what you've been called into the bedroom for. Who cares? <laughs> Hi. Hello, Nicola. How are you? I'm all right. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Good. You got me now. This is it. Oh, okay. Uh, no jokes. Um, I don't know what any of the notes mean. Brendan will just be like one minute. He's, he's just going to rub Elliot's back. And he's oh. Like, so, yeah, I know. Lucky Elliot. I know. <laughs> um, 
they don't know how lucky they are, kids. When, like, the other day I was actually pushing him, like, he's got snacks on his lap and I'm pushing him for a walk. And I'm like, and he's like, <laughs> I'm like, do you get it? Do you not understand? This is like the golden this years is, of your yeah. life. <laughs> this is as good as it gets, mate. You're not exhausting your legs and you've got <laughs> snacks at disposal. Bloody hell. I oh, know, so good. All right, how are you travelling? You all right? <sighs> you know, there's tired yeah. and there's and where we are. Oh, gosh. Um, so it's a very, very busy time of our lives at the minute. But we're all right otherwise. Although I've been a little bit sick. I've just, I'm on some antibiotics because I've got ear infection. And then oh, dear. It's gone to my um, throat and my chest. I, I don't think it's COVID. I've done lots of tests. We don't think it's COVID. But yeah, that's been less fun this past few days. But otherwise we're good. And we're very excited about going to Rye. Of course, yeah. Yes, no, I hear yes. a lot of nice things about Rye. I've, I don't think yeah. I've been myself, but... Uh, Bloody long drive, though. Mm, Jesus. My uh, my sister has spent a bit of time there, and she always enjoys it, so... Oh, that's good. And it's it's my tasteful sister, so... Oh, there you go. How many sisters have you got? Four. Four sisters. You took it, you were like, hold on. How many is that? <laughs> Minus one. That's me. Four sisters. Got to do the maths, yeah. And are you the only, are you the only boy, brother? I am the only man, boy, and I'm the youngest as well. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. they just, you know, they kept going until they, they produced sort the, of. the I mean, air to actually, the, you know. It's a, it's a, not a weird situation, but I mean, there are four girls, then there's an eight-year gap, and then there's me. Oh. Yeah, and I'm a September baby, so I'm guessing that Bob and Margaret, you know, maybe drunken a uh, glass of champagne on New Year's Eve and go on, <laughs> one more for old time's sake. <laughs> and what date in uh, September is your birthday? I'm the 5th, actually. So I'm the day before or after Dando. I after after Brendan, and I'm the 16th. So there you go. Okay. So we're all very close. Yeah, all junk and New Year's babies, apparently. <laughs> I um, must not call him Dando when I'm talking to you because... Oh, you can. I do understand. He's he's the original. Did I ever tell you that, that when I was started working at Pop Culture? We've got some good content here, babe. We don't need you. I, well, I actually am recording this. It's going to be on the... Um, Oh, I'm on the podcast now. I'm you will fantastic. be now. There you are. But the first day I started working with him and they said, this guy will tell you what to do. He said, call me Dando. I'm like, call you anything else? No, well, my name's Brendan. Call me Dando. <laughs> my name's Brendan. Call me Dando. Did you not know that was his last name? Or I was a little confused, but <laughs> I was a little overwhelmed. <laughs> Bless you. All right, I'll put you back to said Dando. Good talking to you, Nicola. You do. Feel better. Feel better. Thank you. Now, we had a talk... Okay, I'm back. We had a talk, okay. We, we had a talk, and it's all right. It happens to men, you know. I mean. <laughs> You're off the show how it's done. <laughs> all right, anyway. So, we're, I'm back. We're here. I've rubbed Elliot's back. He's hopefully going to sleep now. But anyway, getting back to uh, my mother, the carjacker. I feel like the last few episodes, it's sort of getting a real insight into the, the fatherhood of Brennan Dando. <laughs> like every episode, either Elliot's interrupting, I have to go out and rub his back and put him to bed. Anyway, it's good. More personal, I guess you could say. <laughs> It's nice. I think that's uh, partially what the uh, the listeners are here for. I mean, our scintillating insights into The Simpsons and other TV shows, <laughs> all of which you can find on the uh, Four Finger Discount Network, but also, you know, the, the softer side of Dando. Yeah. Speaking of the network, we've just released and just relaunched our Tales of Futurama podcast, available exclusively on Tales Patreon. Tales of Futurama. Yeah. Check it out. Um, we just did the pilot, whacked it up there, and it was a hell of a good time. So check that out. Tales of Futurama, available exclusively on Patreon. But getting back to my mother, the carjacker, you were saying that um, I was discussing that I feel like the ending would have been better if they didn't have the end monologue, but you were disagreeing. <laughs> I just think that uh, yeah, after the uh, after the first episode we have with Mona and that lovely, I guess you could call it bittersweet ending. It's the it's the ending that everyone goes to when you think of sad endings of The Simpsons. 
That's kind the of one. Is, yeah, yeah. So I don't think you could do that twice. Firstly, because I think it would be, I think the audience would kind of go, oh, man. No, Poor Homer. <laughs> no, not again. And but secondly, it might even feel a bit played out. That, that's Well, that's my point here. I've got, I wish they didn't have her get arrested again. Because I think it would have been, I understand it's Glenn Close and she's got shit to do, but I think it would have been nice for her to be somewhat of a regular, kind of like the, the Fat Tony deal, where occasionally Joe would come in and, you know, he's an actual actor, but he comes in and yeah. does, this, does this show here. I think having Mona around as Homer's mother back in his life more regularly would have been nice. It would have been a, a change for the show that the show, the show didn't need, but it just would have been better than, oh, she's back. Oh, wait, no, she's arrested again by the same person for the same yeah. thing. Having a yeah a different parent and a different sort of parent-child interaction than Homer always has with Abe. I mean that, that that's sweet, or it's often sweet. Sometimes it's very competitive. Yeah, yeah I think it probably would introduce a little uh, spark of life into the show, perhaps when it needed it. And it would have been something nice. I would have liked to have seen more of Marge and Mona. We didn't get enough of that in this episode, mm. and we didn't get enough of that in the original Mother Simpson episode as well. So I feel like we, we missed out on Lisa and Mona and Marge and Mona. That would have been nice. Even Bart, just the kids hanging out with their grandma. It's a shame that it's not just Homer that's missing out on having a mother. It's the kids missing out on having a grandma. That's true. I mean, they allude to that in this uh, in this episode. Well, plenty of times, but the whole, you missed the birth of your grandson. <laughs> so they do this dreadful reenactment. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of fertile ground there that they really could have taken advantage of. As you said, Glenn Close has got things to do. She's you know got to claim motion pictures and TV uh, series and Broadway plays to act in. But you know it can't be that difficult to sort of pop into Simpsons HQ every once in a while, step into the booth and but a bing, but I'm on, I'm out. <laughs> Learn from a professional kid. Hey, my favorite. So, what were your favorite moments from My Mother, the Carjacker? I had a few, just uh, a few little ones, but I had more than I expected as well. When I watched it the second time, I was like, I like this, I like this, I like this, and I like this. <laughs> All right, well, I like this and this and this. So okay. Let me tell you about them. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> very briefly, I just like Ken Brockman <laughs> after the 60s montage, just sort of shaking his head. What a shrill, pointless decade. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask you what your thoughts were on that and whether it was, but we'll get to that during the review. What else did you like about the episode? <laughs> Big fan of um, Mona's alias when she goes to the National Park. Uh, that's right up there with her. It's, cl- it's clear that the apple doesn't fall far from the tree as far as Bart's yeah. concerned. Because, exactly. Uh, oh, I didn't even think about that. Signing yeah. herself a Nita Bong hit I think is pretty good. <laughs> I think it's a very good fake name. But I think my favourite part was Homer just going a bit wild and a bit crazy because he really wants to find that uh, that humorous headline, get his own T-shirt. Mm. <laughs> Sort it's of pretty funny, isn't it? What? From too much hot fudge? <laughs> That's me telling jokes. <laughs> it kind of is sometimes, isn't it? <laughs> but it's, it's it's all it's all you know tongue in cheek. But I, I did like that moment as well. The the when he was saying the what's he missing? Is is it a train? Uh, <laughs> you know, is is mom? I don't know. Something like too that. soon. <laughs> too soon. <laughs> and then the Wyoming. What was the Wyoming? I have a side of something with that with my Wyoming or yeah. something. I don't know. Anyway, we'll get to that moment. But I, I really liked the Homer feeling, you know, I re- I'm feeling great for you, Marge. I'm very happy for you. Why was I born? <laughs> <laughs> I also liked Homer's mail. I'm surprised you didn't have this. Dear Die Hard. <laughs> I completely fucking forgot what episode this was from. I always remember the PS, Do You Know Bad Max? Max. <laughs> I thought that was in the Beyond Blunderdome with Mel Gibson, but no, it was fucking three seasons later. But yeah, great moment. Mr. Burns terrorizing kids in a 19th century woodcut. Oh. 
<laughs> Fuck, that was funny. I thought that was really good. And I just I thought Burns was written quite well in this. He's, he's lingo. I'm like, curse that goofy granny. This is America. Justice should be for the rich. The rich. <laughs> and I remember as a kid, I really liked the two moments where Homer's riding the bike straight into the oncoming traffic. I thought that was like the peak of comedy when I was a kid. And also them messing with Homer with the car, driving away, stopping, driving oh, away, stopping. Right. I loved it as a kid. Thought it was hilarious as well. As cruel as what it is. So they were my favorite moments from my mother. The, um, what is it? My mother, the carjacker. Yeah, my yeah. mother, the carjacker. I, so there was a lot of moments in this episode that I forgot that were memorable moments from the later years. I call them the later years, not later years anymore, but they can, they're still considered the later years after the golden era. A lot of them came from this episode. I couldn't believe it. How many there were in here? Like the the mail and the Homer riding the bike into the traffic and Bart with the um you know you owe me a, you know me a new dirt, dirt bike, bike when he's doing <laughs> the, the the pregnancy the the birth. A lot of moments here that um that I really enjoyed as a kid that were all in this one episode. Hmm. I did like that they really committed to that whole birthing thing that Bart actually came out with like an umbilical cord attached to him and yeah, I mean you didn't have to go the extra yard of you know not wearing a whole lot of clothes, but do you have to be so graphic? <laughs> <laughs> Next question. You there, eating the paste. Trivia for my mother the car, Jacko. Gonna kick off myself, if that's okay with you, Mr. Davis. Go right ahead, sir. Go right ahead? Okay, let's do this. Which type of car, which model car did Homer notice in the newspaper? That's your first question, judging by your smile. (laughs) It's a Festiva. No, it's not. Wait a minute. It's a Ford Festiva. (laughs) That was my question. What kind of Ford was for sale? Oh, okay, yes. We're both both right. What's your your next question? (laughs) Okay. Uh, Can you name all three of the Zip Boys? I have no idea, no. no. No idea. What are they? They are Manny, Joe, and Mac. Actual actual mascots, right? Actual actual business? I, I think there's a company called the Pep Boys. Pep Boys. Yeah, so... Let's look this up. Yeah. Zip Boys Simpsons. Sorry, listen, I'm just reeling. I just read some news Um, that Neighbours is getting cancelled, apparently, after 40 years. Is it being cancelled? I mean, I know that the, the partnership that Channel 10, who produces it here in Australia, has with Channel 5 in the UK. Yeah, they're might not be coming to it. an end, which means, yeah, Channel 10 sort of looking around for a partner saying, who wants to help us make Neighbours? Because I think <laughs> Channel 5 was the only place it was really watching. I don't know anyone in Australia who's really that into it. I don't think I've ever watched a single episode, to be completely honest, but I, I just like that it's there. It's just one of those constant things, you know, in Australia. Meanwhile, in Summer Bay, they're just going, yeah. Yeah, but the thing is, see, UK, they love Neighbours, so the fact that they're ceasing production, ceasing the contract with Neighbours... That's kind of the death now, isn't it? Yes. Yes. Anyway, enough about uh, Neighbours. I don't know, I couldn't couldn't find anything on the Zip Boys, so I'm just going to take your word for it, because... Pet boy sounds right. Let's just go with it. Okay. If you guys, if, if if guy is wrong, let us know. Simpsonsmailbag at gmail.com. Don't let me my, know. <laughs> my next question is, what is the name of the waitress at the diner? Oh. No, I don't know. <laughs> it is Cora. Cora. She's been on the show a few times now, I think. I, I like her. I like her as a, as a waitress. She's, she's funny. She's got her moments. Uh, Maybe may we would just rewind for a sec. A little bit mm. of Googling has mm. shown me that the Pep Boys is an American automotive aftermarket service chain. Do they have three men as a mascot? The It was founded by Manny, Mo, and Jack. Well, there you have. Well done, sir. There you have ah, it. Okay. But, uh, yeah, they're the Pep Boys, but... Uh, it, I thought the, the the sign in the uh, Simpsons episode said uh, the Zip Boys, so maybe yeah, they it did say get... the Zip Boys. Yep. Anyway, the more you know. <laughs> yeah. What's your next question? Along with Lenny Leonard and Carl Carlson, who was the yes. third Musketeer? Steve 
McGregor, is that right? Steve McGregor? Very close. It's Stevie. Stevie McGregor. McGregor. Okay. I reckon his name probably Steve, but little Stevie. Little Stevie. (laughs) Another moment that makes the whole Carl episode we reviewed. (laughs) Null and void. Yes. (laughs) Anyway, what percentage. I've got the answer here. Is this one of your questions? No, no, but try me. I'm just trying to think of what the answer is. <laughs> it, it could be anything. So okay, I'm, you, t- you tell I'll me win what, this round. You tell me what the question should be. The answer is nine percent. Oh, um, <laughs> the question is I don't know. <laughs> Let's look it up because I have to know this now. Nine percent in Frankiac. <laughs> Looking it up, just typed here nine percent. Doing a search, and I'm not getting anything from this episode. So. I am not happy. <laughs> I'm looking through my notes and um, wasn't anything on the um, highway sign, was it? No, I don't think it was that. Um, was it We've something? Got to find it now. Was it something in the newspaper headlines? Oh man, we're going to come to it eventually. I'm going to get to it in the in the, in the notes. Even we'll if we get- have to rewatch the entire episode, this is the worst trivia ever. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. I think it's better. Keep- so. But let me ask you a question, mm-hmm. for which I have both the question and the answer. Ooh, okay. <laughs> uh, on the aforementioned uh, illuminated highway sign, marry me who? Stacy. True. <laughs> Stuck in my mind because it's my sister's name. <laughs> <laughs> my final question is, what was the nickname that Judge Schneider's sister used to give him? I want to say Fatty Boombatty, but it was it's Fatty. Fatty, Bo- Fatty Boomerlatty. Fatty Boomerlatty. Yeah, not nice. Not nice at all. Better say. Not that cool. Um, Do I have one more trivia question for you, or is that... If you've got one, hit me with it. Okay, then. Where can one get a burger and squalor for under a dollar? Oh, that's at the overpass diner? That's correct. Yes. Actually, one of my questions was, what's the slogan? So there you go. (laughs) (laughs) All righty. So that is trivia for my mother, the carjacker. (laughs) It was a little unwieldy, but we got there in the end. We got there in the end. We'll be right back after this short break with our in-depth review. If you're looking for a podcast that'll always be there for you, look no further than our new show, The One About Friends, hosted by myself and my incredible wife, Nicola. She is literally the biggest Friends fan I know, so who better to help me as we revisit every single episode of the show, discussing the characters, fashion trends, and how this iconic series still relates to our lives to this day. The One About Friends is available now on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. Are you tired of listening to people talk about something and would just rather hear two losers talk about nothing? Well, look no further than Talking Seinfeld, our podcast discussing every episode of the number one show of the 90s. Talking Seinfeld is available now for free on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. If you feel like having yourself a time, then check out our new podcast, Going Down to South Park, where we go back and revisit every episode of the iconic series, dissecting the stories, reveling in chef sing-alongs, and chuckling at the occasional fart joke. Going Down to South Park is available now for free on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. The original air date of My Mother the Carjacker was November 9th, 2003. It was written by Michael Price and directed by Nancy Cruz. The couch gag was the Simpsons sit on the couch as normal, but then begin to decay and turn into dust. And there was no chalk gag, which is a shame. I'm, they've got rid of the chalk gags again. They're running out of time. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Now, uh, before we begin, I should give a little bit of nerdy background. On the title? 
Yes, indeed. Oh, it is so interesting. I, I could not believe how great this sounds. Yes, you go for it. You, you explain. <laughs> there was a sitcom uh, back mm. in the, let's see. Mid-60s. Yes, 1965, and it only lasted one season. Why? It was called My Mother the Car. And, and the tagline was, a man finds his mother reincarnated as the family car. And communicates with him through the car radio. <laughs> that is correct. And it didn't start Dick Van Dyke, it starred Jerry Van Dyke. Now, do you um, want to know what, what tie it has to, to The Simpsons? Uh, you tell me. One of the writers of the show was one James L. Brooks. Holy moly. Yeah. Oh, I just knew about my mother, the car. I didn't know that uh, Mr. Brooks was actually, uh, actually part of it. Oh, there we and go. It was parodied in The Simpsons episode... Uh, the Simpsons spin-off showcase with the love-matic grandpa. Uh, <laughs> so that was a take-off of this, yeah. Now, uh, if you were at all interested in checking out My Mother the Car, which I hear is not that great, um, the first episode, at least, is can be found on YouTube. Just type in My Mother the Car and you will find episode one, Com Honk Your Horn. Oh, there you go. My cars that come to life from my childhood, we had a show called Brum. Do you remember oh, Brum? I'm aware of Brum, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Love that shit when I was a kid. I think it's just like a five-minute little ABC show, but yeah, at least I love My vintage is more sort of Herbie the Love Bug. Yeah, Herbie the Love Bug. Was that a car that came to life, though? Was it? I believe it was. Well, okay. It was certainly, it was like Lightning McQueen. It didn't, really, it didn't talk or anything okay. like that, but it, it, it certainly had thoughts and feelings. Speaking of Lightning McQueen, right, I was pondering the other day when Elliot was watching, because he's obsessed with cars. I was like, <laughs> so sometimes there's baby cars, and sometimes cars are in love and stuff, and I'm like, where do these cars come from? <laughs> How do these cars reproduce? Who builds these cars? Who makes these cars? What's inside of these cars? You never, you never see them open their doors. <laughs> or their trunks. I think they open their or trunks. Or their boots. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but it's just like... How is there a child? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> anyway, that's enough about pondering about Disney Pixar films. <laughs> so the episode kicks off with the family all doing some gardening chores, which I can only assume they were doing because Marge told them to do it in the first place because I can't imagine the, the kids at home are being out there on their own free will. But anyway, Marge says, it's now time to come watch some TV. And Lisa's like, no, 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 it's a trap. Have a right It's a trap. It, it, <laughs> it does look like a very sort of... You, like a, a very nice scene in the Simpsons' backyard, you know, faint, fences getting painted, gardening being done. It was weird seeing Homer in those clothes. Mm, yeah, we've seen Bart and Lisa in those clothes before. Do you yourself have a backyard? Uh, yes, a, a little one. Little um, one, yeah. We're, yes. We live in an estate, so all the backyards are small. That's one thing I missed from my childhood was it just seemed like everyone had a backyard. Mm. Now, no one's got a backyard. It's yeah. like it's a privilege to have a backyard, you know, which is a shame. A bit yeah. of backyard cricket would go a long way. But I'm mentioning here that, um, you know, don't go inside because it's a trap. It could be some sort of like super chore, like getting the rat out of Maggie's room. Marge no, just, regardless, Maggie and the rat seem to be getting along very well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Marge, uh, Maggie's very adaptable. But Marge, she's insistent. She gets the hose and Homer says it counts as a bath. And I've got here, this is Elliot. He hates, <laughs> hates the bath. So now it's a case of daddy has to get in the shower with him. And three quarters of the time is him putting soap onto the wall and then washing off with the hose. Like with the... With a shower head. <laughs> That's an Elliot shower. But we've got the new story about, well, first of all, it's about the era, oh, it's about the 100-year-old skydiver, isn't it? His body's going to be buried. <laughs> when, they they find, find when, when they find his body. Then we get Channel 6's Oops Patrol. <laughs> every, every station has one of these stupid things. Mm. But Marge, or so, we haven't found out until a few moments, but someone has found the headline, Mayor Unveils Erection to Cheering Crowd. Oh, yes. That's a sub-editor. That's kind of like, oh, no, the worst nightmare. 
<laughs> have you ever had a moment like that where you've seen a misspelling in your headline? Uh, no, I always managed to catch them before they actually made it to uh, made it to press because one year yeah. uh, we almost had that lovely Christmas tradition in Geelong, Carlos by Candlelight. <laughs> <laughs> like, ay, ay, ay. Ay, me gusta. <laughs> you should have just done it for shits and giggles. <laughs> I know. I honestly think half the ones that get out there, I think, are sort of done to get a bit of viral heat going. Yeah, yeah. Or they're just really bad at their job. Bro, yeah, or <laughs> or journalism is just dying. So He says that we have the winner. Marge's photo comes up. Whom? Whom? <laughs> and... Bart is impressed. Hot damn. Homer says, don't mm-hmm. swear. You're not in school. Then Marge is sort of getting all the attention from people around town. You know, Dr. Hibber wants to swap for a Prozac right, tote bag. Mm. Or, um, or uh, the top of the heart transplant list, which is yeah. more valuable than gold. Exactly. But no, Marge says she's wearing her cure for depression right there with her shirt. And Homer oh, says he's happy for her. Just wishes he wasn't born. Why was I born? <laughs> he then is trying on the shirt himself. But by doing so, he, um, he stretches it. Now, apparently the blessed... Bless the uh, loom that fruited you. That fruited you, yes, yes. So apparently that's a take on something. There is a an underwear brand in the US called Fruit of the Loom. Fruit of the Loom, that's right, uh, yes. I don't know if it's just underwear. Maybe they do other stuff as well. They might do T-shirts, but I'm Let's pretty sure. I, I always thought they were just jocks. Fruit of the Loom is an American company that manufactures clothing, particularly casual wear and underwear. Oh, okay. Then. If you're wondering, the company's headquarters is in Bowling Green, Kentucky. You learn something new every day. <laughs> <laughs> but he stretches the shirt. I felt poor Marge. Her, her time to shine, and he's already ruined it. I know. Under different circumstances, maybe in a different episode, be like, "Oh God, just divorce this chump." Yeah, but Homer is determined to win a shirt, so he runs through all the different news headlines. Okay, get ready to laugh. Ranford man missing. What's he missing? His pants? A train? Give me a break. Too soon, huh? All right. Drought threatens to turn west into dessert. Yum, yum. I think I'd like some whipped cream on my Wyoming. Dad, the word's desert, and those farmers are suffering. From what? Too much hot fudge? Huh? (laughs) Come on, Bart. Show me some love. Don't drag me down with you, old man. I actually really dug this. Apparently, this is a take on Leno when he used to go through the headlines. Oh, okay. <laughs> have you have you seen this? Have you heard about this? Yes. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> have you um? Have, <laughs> that was a good Jay Leno. <laughs> have you seen the um? Or did you appreciate the parody of a beautiful mind? I thought the, the animation was really awesome. Mm. It was doing the three sixty spin, all the shit all over the walls, all the newspaper headlines. Um, but it's what happens to him when he's had six hours sleep or without six hours sleep. sleep. He laughs at the peace talks breaking down. Then he discovers an article that catches his eye about the world's biggest pizza, which is what Mona has used to catch his attention. Hmm. Marge, newspaper's talking to me. Nope, just your brain going crazy. I wish. <laughs> and he explains that there's a hidden message in here, the first letter of each line. Have you ever got to a point in your life where you feel like there's a hidden message somewhere that, you have, that you're seeing no one else sees or the government's watching you or someone's following you. Have you I'm, ever gotten to that point in your life, Mr. Davis? I'm not quite at that point yet, although I think the way the world is now, uh, I'm a little more susceptible to, like, conspiracy-minded thinking. Oh, I've noticed. <laughs> 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 Only joking. I, I, I think about it occasionally, but then, you know, there's a... A great line from that movie, All the President's Men, about Watergate, where they just say about Watergate, 
you're thinking this is some huge conspiracy. The fact of it is these are not very bright guys and things got out of hand. That's the way I sort of view the way the world works right now. I mean, you could say, oh, they're pulling some disinformation campaign where they've got all these buffoons and not quite bright people in positions of power so the corporations can take over. It's like, no, I think it's just shit happens. <laughs> just throwing shit at the wall and see what happens. Pretty much, yeah, yeah. So, but I've never, I've never reached a stage where I'm sort of, you know, looking for acrostics in the, um, in the first letter of every headline or something like that. People do that occasionally, apparently. You know, I think they do it in books sometimes or whatever, just as sort of like as a prank. Can you please, next time you do an article, make sure the start of every sentence or every line has a message? Like, can you make it work? Make it work. <laughs> I'll do what I can for you, Dando. Subscribe to Four Finger Discount on Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> for all your podcast needs. <laughs> Arch, wake up. The newspaper's talking to me. Oh, relax. I'm sure it's just your brain going crazy. I wish. Look at this headline. Someone or something knows I love oversized food and short, punchy articles. So they hit a message in the first letter of each line. See? Homer, meet me 4th Street Overpass, midnight. Wait a minute. This is today's paper. That meeting is tonight. Don't tell me you're actually going. Arge, I don't know what this is, but sometimes you've just got to go with your gut. You always go with your gut. This time, why don't you listen to your brain? All right, I will. That's why I don't listen to my brain. And away we go! So we're now under... Oh, actually, before we get to the overpass, I really liked waking up Bart and you think it's in bed. Want to go on an adventure with your old man? <laughs> no. Too bad! <laughs> and he gives him the coffee in the thermos. So they're under the overpass now. It smells like urine because Homer's just been weeing. Then he hears <laughs> Mona's voice and he screams. I like the reveal of the, of the Zip Boys. Huh? Ah! Ah! <laughs> and oh, by the way, did, and you saw the old Barto graffiti on the bridge as well. I didn't notice that. Okay, yeah. Mm. So I wonder whether Bart did that just then when he was born or whether he did it in the past. But anyway, Mona says, still my little crybaby, and Bart attempts to save him with a bit of karate, but he ends up wearing a world's best grandson jumper. Oh, and it was a bit sweet that moment, actually. Kind of funny. Yeah, definitely, yeah. And Homer explains... And it's understandable Homer's emotions in here. It's hard to trust you because... You've, you've come in the past and you left and you've come back. Are you gonna leave, or you've left me twice now. Are you going to leave me a third time? But they kind of killed the moment when they had Homer hugging a bump. Yeah. It's like you, you go, you're going for this real sweet, emotional, serious tone there for where I know, you go, I know it's nice to end on a bit of humor, but it's hard to buy into this story and the emotion when you then got Homer going, I'm working my way up to you. I'm going to hug this bum that I don't know first. And I'm like, oh, eh, just to me, it just kind of took away from the moment. But, Whatever. It's no big deal. But he takes the guy's wine. We're now at the diner. I love a good diner scene. Something about the food at a diner just feels better. Like, we have Roadhouse Cafe here in Geelong. We I do. love going there. It's not too bad, is it? I haven't been there for quite some time. But it's uh, just good. Like, you, you know, you, you pay eight, ten bucks for a burger, but you get a fucking burger. You know oh, what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's not some... Uh, assembly line kind of thing. Well, it kind of is, but uh, it's got- No, but it's it's when they say they've got the lot, it's got the lot. Oh yeah. What are you what, what are you a fan of beetroot on burgers? I'm personally I like beetroot on a salad sandwich or a salad roll, not on a hamburger. Every once in a while. I mean, particularly if I'm sort of making one at home, it's like if I'm going to do this with a lot, I think I'm going to do it with a lot, you know, mm-hmm. and get a tin of uh, tin of beetroot or whatever and slide yep. one of those guys in there. 
Yeah, and, and be, because beef is one of the is one of those things when you put it on the burger, you're tasting it. You, 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 you can't take if you ta- even if you take it off, beetroot's there. Like you can't get rid of it. I used to, something I used to really love when I was a kid. Yeah, was you know on those rare occasions when we had steak for dinner, steak. Um, <laughs> There'd often be you know, a bit of salad on the side. And I wasn't mad on eating beetroot, but I loved dipping my steak in beetroot juice. Yep. I'm the, I was the same. Yep. Yeah. And I just, yeah, I just thought it was the best. But ac- actually, eating beetroot, I was not that big on, but beetroot juice, yes. See I, see, I didn't like the texture, I guess, of the beetroot, but I liked the taste of it, if that makes sense. I didn't like the texture, but the actual taste. So, similar with coffee. I've never liked coffee, mm. still don't like coffee. But I love dipping a fucking biscuit in a coffee and eating it. <laughs> Sorry about all the cloak and dagger, Homer, but the government is still after me for what I did in the 60s. They're probably tapping your phones and reading your mail. I think the government has better things to do than to read my mail. Most people write letters to movie stars. The Simpson guy writes to movies. Dear Die Hard, you rock, especially when that guy was on the roof. P.S. Do you know Mad Max? It's just, I feel like if that moment was in the golden era, it would be considered a classic moment. I just, I just think it's hilarious. Do you know Mad Max? <laughs> anyway, they, uh, she says that she called her friends at the liberal media and they, they posted the story about the, um, about the pizza because pizza was the first food that he choked on, which was a nice little memory there. And then we, uh, she, the reason she came back, she explains, is because she found the macaroni pencil holder that he made when he was five years old. He goes, it's because your pencils were all over the place. <laughs> It was the 60s. <laughs> <laughs> you really sort of do buy them as mother and son. I mean, you really do. Yeah, the apple hasn't fallen too far from the tree, as I said a bit earlier. But Homer definitely takes more after Abe. But, you know, there's, there's certainly bits of... There are bits of Mona in Homer. The cops then arrive, though, and Chief Wiggum... Well, he's not, he's not buying into it. They think, is that, is that Mona? He's like, no, yeah. And, that, and that's Tokyo Rose. Is it Tokyo Rose? Is that her name? Yeah, yeah. Tokyo Rose ex- was Do you want to explain a- who she is? I might have to do a little bit of Googling on some of the facts, but essentially Tokyo Rose was... She was like a radio a, host. Yeah, like a propaganda agent during yeah. World War Two, And, you know, when uh, Americans were fighting, in, uh, particularly in the Asia-Pacific theatre, uh, that Tokyo Rose would broadcast and basically say things like, oh, oh no, I won't do a terrible accent. No, Sorry. Do not do it. You, Don't you, do you're it. Ba- you're, you're, you're about to go. I was like, oh, I'll talk to it. <laughs> you, you start, you're like, oh, I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. Tokyo Rose would basically say... Hey, GI, uh, while you're here fighting, you know, and fighting and dying, uh, your girlfriend's sleeping with some dude back home and basically trying to demoralize the American soldiers. Uh, Eddie, you know, Eddie thinks that, um, you know, they're going to match. Then Wiggum here, you know, if you're wrong, you and Lou have to kiss. Yeah, you can only do that once, Chief. <laughs> Homer then asked the waitress for the exit. No, oh, this is it. Not for someone who pays a 9% tip. 9% tip. Yay, hey, we got there. <laughs> Uh, then he gives more hey, over there Santa Claus she's just got enough sass that I like it and Homer uh, swears to, to, to Mona on her eventual grave he'll never let police get their hands on her crashes straight into the station but you know he didn't run over any cops he's not going to be in too much trouble he only ran over a lawyer remember me as a drain on society I've got my notes here, right? So you've seen Mother Simpson the original episode, correct? A, a long time ago, yes I mean it's right. not foremost in my memory but I have seen it. So who arrests Mona in this scene? Chief Wickham, right? Yes. He's like, we're going to catch her. You know, you're under arrest. However, if we go back to the first episode starring Mona, yes. the reason she escaped is because Chief Wiggum 
gave her an alibi and gave her a chance to escape because Ooh. she was because she raided the germ germ warfare lab. She That's got rid of his. Yeah, it was able to like talk, yeah. breathe clearly. Then right. So why would he be the one to arrest her here? Why would he want? To- he was the reason she got away the first time. Good point, Dando. Maybe he's copped a lot of. Maybe he's got a guilty conscience. Why? I she helped know. him. Stupid. <laughs> Dumbass. <laughs> but we come back from commercial and we've got the news report now about Mona being on trial for sabotaging Burns' germ warfare lab. And we get the 60 stock footage montage <laughs> with all on the watchtower playing. It's just, it's, it's was that, it, was, it was the Hendrix version, wasn't it? I want to talk about the soundtrack budget for this episode because this episode's got Hendrix, Paul Simon, and John Lennon. And Lennon. None of that shit be- comes cheap. No. I mean, unless <laughs> no. everyone likes The Simpsons, which, you know, who doesn't like The Simpsons? But at the same time, I can't imagine Paul Simon said, hey, guys, just use it. I can imagine by that point, though, they've kind of probably, the estate's probably made their money. They're just like, yeah, give us a little bit and just use yeah. it. Because <laughs> it's nice. The way I would look at it, right, is if I owned that song, if I owned Mother, right, just for example, John Lennon. I think Yoko Ono owns all the rights to the songs now, or whatever, mm-hmm. or Sony maybe, who knows. Whoever owns it. They've made their money from it, right? Yes. So it appearing on The Simpsons could potentially introduce it to a whole new young audience who didn't know who Lennon was. Yes. Really they, might hear that song, they might hear that song and go, hey, I like that song. Who's that? Who sings that? Oh, John Lennon. Let's listen to more of his stuff. Hmm. That's the way I would approach it anyway. Well, you're a savvy businessman, Dan. This is why <laughs> This is why you're, you know, doing the books on the, for the, the four-finger discount and not screwing me out of any money at all. No, <laughs> So what was the You Bet Your Sweet Bibby? What was that from? Do you know? That's from Laughing, I yeah. believe. Yeah, it's from who, Rowan who, and Martin's Laughing. And who was saying that? I think it was meant to be John Wayne, wasn't it? It was meant to be John Wayne, of course. Yes. Yeah. I think Richard Nixon actually appeared on Did he really? On Laughing at some stage, you know, doing a ScoMo style attempt to be with the common man. I'd, look, let me double check that. Cause like, that like, might... like fucking John Howard doing the um the cricket pitch. Yeah. <laughs> the cricket bowl. <laughs> Let's see. Laughing Nixon. Because I get the feeling he sort of... Stuck man his... never drank a beer in his life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Because <laughs> one of the catchphrases on, um, on Laughing was, sock it to me. It was a different okay. time. You didn't really need to be funny to crack jokes. Um, well, that was Nick- that, that, that's the Simpsons take the piss out of that with the Mad Magazine yeah. catchphrase, yeah. <laughs> and Nixon came, Richard Nixon came on and said, shock it to, to me? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> but And apparently everyone went, yay, Nixon's not so bad. And then Watergate happened. Everyone's like, no, he is that bad. Say the line, Nixon. <laughs> uh, suck it to me. Get the get those bums. <laughs> Speaking of that, Futurama, as we said, that was a very silky segue to uh, another yeah. show that we're doing, Tales of Futurama. Now with added guy, we are we are loving it. So check it out exclusively on Patreon. If you haven't heard it yet, make sure you do so. Get it in your ears. But as you said earlier, what a shrill. Pointless decade. <laughs> was the 60s shrill and pointless to you, Mr. Davis? I was there for exactly three months of it, and I was shitting, oh, okay. my, and I was shitting my nappy at the time. Pretty pretty pointless. <laughs> I was shrill and pointless <laughs> in the 60s because I was born in September 1969. The next bit here where they're discussing all of Mona's previous jobs she's had over the time, right, mm-hmm. while she's been hiding, I'm like, did she only do it when she was old? Good point. Because in all the pictures, she's old Mona. I'm like, what hmm. was she doing before that? Yeah. <laughs> By the way, the thing where she's actually a shelf reacher, I don't know exactly what they see. For the short, yes. Yes. A reacher, as a, a reader for the blind, a hearer for the deaf, 
Richard, and, uh, for, Richard the for the short. That is how iconic um, action uh, action hero Jack Reacher got his name. That's how Lee, the author Lee Child came up with him. He was in the supermarket one day, and Lee Child's apparently a pretty tall guy. Yeah. And grabbed a can of beans off the top shelf or whatever, and his wife said, well, you know, if nothing else, if he can do nothing else, he could be a Reacher for, you know, in a supermarket. And he said, Reacher, hey, that's not a bad name. I'll put that in my little mental Rolodex. And next thing you know, there's like 30 million Jack Reacher books sold. And a wow, new series on Amazon this weekend, which I started to watch before we started recording this podcast. And it looks all right. It could be okay. You're a big fan of the films, right? I like the first one. The second one is not good. But the first okay. one's great. And I mean, Jack, Tom Cruise has no one's idea of the book's Jack Reacher because apparently the book Jack Reacher is like, what looks more like Chris Hemsworth. He's like 6'5 and an absolute monster. And I was going to say, because is he short in the books as well? That's why they hired Tom Cruise? Or? Yeah, no, but yeah, Tom Cruise just has that kind of intensity where it's like, yeah, Tom Cruise probably just fuck you up through sheer willpower. He's just that he's just that, that little man syndrome. I mean, it's, oh, Tom Cruise is Tom Cruise. I'm not getting me wrong, but it's just kind of like that, sh- that short guy in a bar brawl who's just like, he hasn't done anything yet. Yeah. When he does, you know it's going to be good. <laughs> I, I certainly would not fuck with Tom Cruise. I've heard like his rants on set and stuff. It's like, yeah, this motherfucker doesn't want to be fucked with. <laughs> I love that. I love that's great. That Mission Impossible one. We're every fucking day. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you reckon was more scary, Cruise or Bale? Bale. Bale. Da 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 da. <laughs> I just Bale just sounds like such a prick. Oh, such a prick. It just really sarcastic. Oh, good for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you hear the guy saying, like, I'm sorry. It's yeah. Like, Don't poor, be sorry. This poor DOP goes, I'm sorry, man. You're a good guy, but we're fucking done professionally. It's like, <laughs> Jesus, what a fucking... He just got bodied. <laughs> what would you do if Bale yelled at you at that? Do you think you would cry? I think I would cry. I probably would. <laughs> I imagine I would. <laughs> I remember that came out. It just changed my whole world. I could not believe it. I was like, that's Batman. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway. <laughs> it was one of those first, sort of like earlier leaked rants on the on, online, wasn't it? The Bale yeah. one. It was one of the first I heard, yeah. I mean, there have been ones going around forever. There was, um, there was a Barbara Streisand one, I think, where she sort really? of- Someone was, not heckling her, but someone was talking during her show or something and, you know, basically, shut the fuck up. Yeah, just, just, just shut the fuck up. It's like, wow, Babs. <laughs> well, uh, speaking of horrible people, Mr. Burns here, I thought oh. it was great. Did you see the tagline? Local tyrant. <laughs> <laughs> the whole woodcut and everything, it's just perfect. Yet local villain Montgomery Burns, seen here terrorizing children in a 19th century woodcut, insists that she stand trial. Kent, I want everyone in your radio picture audience to know that this woman is a menace to decent people and germ warriors everywhere. <laughs> End communication. But yeah, obviously, you know, they're planting the seeds here that he is going to be the threat once again. I just, mm. I kind of thought, ah, does it have to be Burns? But I guess yeah. he's one of those people who won't let something go because he got made to look stupid in the previous episode when they, um, I think, he actually puts the tape in for ABBA, remember? Waterloo? Oh, that's right, yeah. But he carries a grudge. But yes, Monty he carries carry a grudge, so yes. Yeah. Uh, we're now at the court case and Gil is the lawyer once again. And Lisa's on the stand. She's talking about how she, Grandma's not not dangerous. Or they actually call her Grandma Simpson here. I thought that's the first time I've actually referenced her as Grandma Simpson. Oh yeah, it just it just felt weird. But anyway, Simona's less dangerous than Bart. Bart calls for a sidebar, and <laughs> Judge Snyder, because 
Lisa reminds him of her sister who was cruel. He allows one Indian burn. Indeed. What we in Australia used to call Chinese burns. We did, indeed. Now I just think you call them a burn. A burn, yeah. <laughs> we just call it assault. <laughs> <laughs> we just call it bullying. Yes. I didn't, th- I didn't need the Snyder's wife leaving him line. Wasn't needed. Mm. Wasn't really funny. Just sort of like, eh, whatever. But uh, there was a couple of moments in this court case where I caught, sort of robbed my eyes. I didn't need Homer saying that he burnt down a blood bank because of one cookie. I actually didn't mind that. <laughs> I just thought it was... <laughs> one cookie, my ass. I just thought it was a bit too stupid for my liking, but I can understand why some people will like it. <laughs> I can... Yeah, I mean, uh, at least they give a reason why he did but it. It's because it's, it's they're trying to get us to feel sorry for this guy. But then they, like... But then he's just having burning down a blood bank because he had one cookie. I understand he's trying to say, because I had no mother in my life, I didn't have any direction. I was mm. like, yeah, but you're an adult <laughs> and you know right from wrong. <laughs> but um, we have the not good with words line, which has been used before on The Simpsons. Mm. Sort of played it a lot. It felt like it went really long in this episode. Yeah. Some bits went a bit long in this episode and we'll talk about yeah. one of those in just a second. I barely know my mother and every time I see her, she's taken away again. And when a man doesn't have his mother, he winds up like me. Oh. I mean, I'm due back in the same courtroom three times today. Hell, I torched a blood bank. One cookie, my ass. Please. Please give me back my mommy. Give me back my mummy. What do you think of this? Uh, it didn't really... It, I don't know if it was meant to touch the heart or anything like because it, it didn't really for me. I mean, no. maybe coming on the tail end of that whole blood bank thing, it's like, eh, yeah, these are two tastes that don't taste great together. Yeah, I know the moment you're talking about. Sideshow Mel, who, as we keep saying, is getting way too many lines these days. Indeed, and not a lot of variation in them. I mean, No, and it's not even really that funny. It's like, it's just, we need we need someone in Springfield to use big words and yeah. say it like and this. Say it like so this, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that a beer you're drinking? Mm-hmm. Oh, Wow. A 550ml Carlton Dry. Good golly. It looks delicious. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but speaking of Sideshow Mal, yeah, yeah oh, great. So, <laughs> sorry, enough, of, enough of that beer. <laughs> but um, yeah, Sideshow Mal. I just, I don't need any, I can go the rest of the season with no Sideshow Mal. I don't need any more. I think so. I, I, I heartily concur with you. Because it was just, it's almost like it, 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 I like it when it sort of comes in sometimes saying, I want to hear from, from, Lionel Hutz or mm. whatever. And it's like, that. that's fine. Silly random lines like that. But when he yeah. just goes on like a little tirade like this, I'm like, ah. Uh, the delivery's not great and the content's not great. Your Honor, there is no way we can find this defendant guilty. <gasps> Although I will miss the jury room cold cuts and the quality in more than lived up to its name. Case dismissed. Business center, workout room, and honor bar I was honored to use. That's enough. And Peggy in the coffee shop. What a pistol. A mere nod in her direction, and the refill was in the mug. The jets in the whirlpool anticipated my every move when it was working. And three dollars for a local call. They should be the ones on trial. So we're at the front and he's given Mona a big cuddle, Homer, and he says he never wants to let her go. Then we get Snake, who's apparently holding an old lady for ransom. Yeah, sort of using the, um, using the goodwill of mother and son reunion, uh, yeah. or mother and child reunion, to quote Paul Simon, um, to yeah, pull a, a sneaky ruse and uh, get this woman to drive him across the border to Mexico. Oh, go hug your floozy. <laughs> Love that. Agnes <laughs> is just, a, she's just right. a bitch. She knows I'm joking. I'm not joking. Then Burns... 
curse that groovy granny. This is America. <laughs> Justice should favour the rich. And Smithers gets him to calm down by taking a few huffs from his ether bottle. It's one of the few times that I've not been a fan of that. Mmm, that's good such and such. Yeah, it's a bit silly, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, see, when you when you want to play up Burns being a tyrant, being evil, don't have him saying shit like that. Yeah. Ooh, that's good ears. Like, no, no, no. He's supposed to be evil. Yes, Just indeed. Leave- and he's not even saying it in the sort of the, in the Glavin voice. No, no, no. Mmm, really. that's good e. Homer Which is something is ha- I said a lot during the 90s. <laughs> Homer is very happy he can be a little boy again who gets someone on the side. And Grandpa, <laughs> poor Grandpa here, wants, wants her back in his life, be testified against her. Well, I've read that women like jerks. <laughs> Growing up, all guys just assume that men uh, that women like jerks, right? That's just what we're told to believe. Why are you going out with that bad boy when you can have a good boy? <laughs> yeah. We're going to be friends. <laughs> oh. Then we get the montage with the Paul Simon song playing over the top and it's the bath. Um, he's doing a play. I really like the play that he's in, he's in a school play and he waves to, to Mona. <laughs> I like that. It's innocent. The knitting him hair. I was then, very partial to the knitted hair. I thought yeah. that was sweet. And then riding the bike into oncoming traffic, which cuts away just at the right moment, which I really liked. And follow that up with reenacting the birth of Bart. And this was, I remember, used in the commercial. I remember this being, this is the moment that really stands out to me there. You know, you owe me a dirt bike. He then takes Mona to Moe's. I love how everyone just goes back to being a kid again. Yeah. I could jump I could jump off the high dive. <laughs> <laughs> but she remembers, you know, little you, Lenny Leonard and Carl Carlson. Parents of your childhood friends, do you still call them Mr. Such and Such or Mrs. Such and Such? Or have you graduated to G'day Barry? Nah, nah, it's all I call them by their names, but I met one of my primary school teachers recently, Mr. Steve Durkin's his name. Mm-hmm. And I called him Mr. Durkin. He was like, you can call me Steve now. I'm like, nah. You Can't Durkin. do it. <laughs> nah, you're Mr. Durkin. I'm sorry. <laughs> Shout out to Mr. Durkin. He was the guy. So I used to be terribly fit, like scared of everything. I would not go to school camps. I think it's because I wet the bed when I was a kid. So I didn't want to go to school camps. But I had a real fear of being in front of a crowd or anything like that. And we used to have school assemblies every Monday morning. And part of school assemblies was we would play songs and we'd have the lyrics projected up onto the screen. Mm-hmm. Well, Mr. Durkin basically forced me to be the kid that went up in front of the school and stood there in front of everybody putting the lyrics on the projector so that every, all the kids could read it. And because of him forcing me to do that, and then he forced me to go on school camp that year. It was grade six, I remember. And he basically forced me to go on school camp. He's like, no, you're coming on school camp. You're going to enjoy it. And he sort of, I remember the first night I was really sad. I wanted to go home and he stayed with me. And he slept on a floor in in the same room on a mattress just so I had some sort of comfort there that I was fine after that. Mm. So because of Steve Durkin from North Shore Primary School, he's the reason I'm doing podcasting because I guarantee I'll be too scared to do it. <laughs> Props to Mr. Durkin. On yeah, your, yeah. On your Steve. I'm Shout call, out to Steve I'm, Durkin. I'm going to call him Steve. Homer is then welcoming his mother into her very own room in the house. And I watched this and I went, I've never seen this room before. That's that's odd. I was about to say, they've done some severe... Home reno at the uh, at uh, Evergreen Tevers. Exactly, yeah. But then it turns out that he just stole an entire section of Flanders' house. <laughs> I don't. Know, Which, I don't know the logistics of that. I don't know how. It no, work. no. But I think it's one of the things you just gotta just just accept it for what it is. <laughs> but yeah, what I did like about it though was that you got your classic Homer versus Flanders little rivalry here, where Homer takes something and still feels justified in like telling Flanders, "Get out of my house." <laughs> Not even really a rivalry, just Homer to continue to take advantage of Flan- of Flanders's bottomless good nature. That's true. That's true. Burns has now renamed the Germ Warfare Lab to the Grandma Simpson Peace Museum and Kid Interactive Learnatorium. And you're watching this going, 
I'm not buying this, Burns. There's something not right here. This, he's got a scheme up his, up his sleeve for sure. He gets her to sign the guest book to be the first person. This is where she admits to signing fake names at national parks. And he gets her. He's finally got her on record on a dicta belt. <laughs> <laughs> Just pulled one of those sneaky loopholes. Oh, yeah. Burns. How dare you? Have, have you ever been in a situation... Maybe no, This isn't to get someone in trouble, but when you're doing an interview right... And you're trying to get that scoop on something, and you're you're leading, and it's kind of like they know you're sort of leading that direction, but you've sort of you've got their trust, and they drop the bombshell. Have you ever had a, a scoop? Have you ever got a scoop in an interview? No, I'm too I'm too nice, yeah, <laughs> and also too much of a coward. I'm like, uh, one day I might want to be best friends with this person, and they'll remember that I pulled a gotcha question on them. So no, I I just towed the party line. I was just a cog in the PR machine. I wasn't a scoop. I remember I was told, I think it was by, and uh, as a publication, I won't say the names or anything, I was writing for a, mu- a music publication, and they told to me, I was interviewing Sarah Blasco, oh, yes. and they said to me, try your best to get her to admit that she was the one that turned down Gautier's Somebody That I Used To Know song. Ah. And I was, because it went to Kimbra or- Kent- Kimbra. Kimbra, yes. She ended up taking the role. And she just, she didn't want to say anything, but eventually I got her to- a, to admit it. I didn't push her anything, but I sort of asked a question where by answering the question, she said that she turned it down without actually saying the words ah. I turned it down. <laughs> so the publication gave me an extra bonus for, for getting that scoop. <laughs> yeah. But um but yeah, and I was never invited to Sarah Blasco's Christmas party. <laughs> you know, <laughs> When I was on the run, I always had to sign a fake name. Like when I visited a state park. Indeed. How about a national park? Why, yes. I've got it all on this dicta belt. Move in, boys. What's going on? Supplying false information on a national park register is a federal offence, which you've committed at every national park from Acadia to Zion. You're going away for a long time, Mrs. Simpson. Or should I call you Anita Bonghit? No! I can't lose my mother again! No! I take her away! Stop messing with him. The man lost his mother. Just one more time. Okay, it is pretty funny. It's it's actually quite sad. The last act of this episode, Homer is just said the lines of "I can't lose my mum again." It's it's actually mm. really really sad. He's, he's this is the third time that he's lost his mum now, and um you know then this is where they mess with him, which is funny from the outside, <laughs> but horrible. <laughs> one thing though I noticed was you didn't see. They drew from inside the car, but Mona Simpson wasn't sitting in the back seat. I'd noticed that without noticing that, if you know what I mean. It's, yeah. My brain noticed it, even if my eyes didn't. It was like, something's not quite right here. What's what's yeah. incomplete? I, unless you were slightly off, off screen, I'm not too sure, but it looked like you could see most of the back seat and Mona was not there. Mm. But we come back from commercial, and this is where we get another classic track, Mother by Lennon, which is just a tragic song, isn't it? It is indeed. Yeah. It's one of, it's one of, it's one of those... Songs that I feel, even if you've never had a situation where you lost your mother, you can put yourself in a situation of this. Oh, what if I? What, I, will, I will lose my mother one day. It's like it's just one of those songs that really hits you. Yeah, this is like a emotional boot camp for when it actually does happen. It's like, oh god, is this what it's going to feel yeah. like? Oh, damn you, Lennon! But it was a great use of the song, don't you think? 
No, it was an extremely good use of the song, and not the most common song as well. I mean, it's not necessarily one of the most well-known Lennon tracks, I've got to say. I mean, or, nah. or maybe it is. I mean, maybe I'm just not that huge I, I think, of Lennon. I, I think maybe for Lennon enthusiasts it, it is now, but it's not. Okay. it wasn't like your, your top 10 hit or anything. He's more, his, his solo career is Imagine, Woman, just like starting over. over those kind mm. of things. Beautiful boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, but yeah, Mother, though, it's just... um, My mum... I remember when I put it on once and she didn't like it the first time because it's very repetitive towards the end where he just sort of screams, mother, don't go, mm. daddy, come home. And then I watched a Lennon tribute concert and this woman sort of sang it as like more like a ballad kind of thing. Okay. And, and I think that's, my mom actually listened to the words and went, fuck, that's actually powerful. You know, like just, <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. But um, good good use of the song. And I, me being a Beatles fan, I really enjoyed it. But, you know, I, I didn't enjoy seeing Homer's sadness, but I, I enjoyed the use of the song. And Homer's just looking over various photos of his mother, which was very sad. Oh, yeah. Look, it's very well depicted. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of sort of emotional heavy lifting going on in this episode. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Which I I don't think was handled as best it could have been, but they gave it a crack. Mm. Uh, Lisa walks in and she says, you know, this. She was only thrown in because of a technicality, and as Homer says, you should only be let out of jail due to a technicality. <laughs> so he, she, she, Lisa suggests a candlelit vigil at, at the um at the prison or whatever, and Homer he is bowling in his head. He's like, "We'll go do that right after I break your grandma out of prison." So he's <laughs> off. We're now on the bus and they're singing "I Fought the Law." I can kind of imagine. I hope this is what they like on the bus. They're just like they know they're in there for doing something wrong, but they're just going with it, having a good time. <laughs> Like it's like an in joke, and I seriously really, doubt that's the case. I know, but it's like, but who's really innocent? <laughs> I just enjoyed that side of it. I thought it was a bit fun, but uh, I did feel sorry for the woman though. I hope this ride never ends because she's getting executed when she gets off. Mm, bit of a black sense of humour this episode as well. Yeah, there's lots of black sense, especially like the last act of like the. We'll get to it in a moment with the coffin and stuff like that. Yeah. But Bart and Homer are flicking through the different signs on the highway. I've read here. On numerous reviews that they thought this gag went for too long. I didn't think it went for that long. I thought it was fine. It's over relatively quickly. What sort of yeah. short attention span person is saying that? Homer, what on earth are you doing? Mom, I love you. I can't let you go to prison. Who's the wheel man, Granny? It's my son, Homer. Oh, oh isn't he darling? He's a big one. Oh, <laughs> don't stop it. I'd love a situation like that when you're sort of, when you're, one of your parents' friends will start sort of not flirting with you, but kind of like, oh, they'll break some hearts. It's like, oh, yeah. oh, you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even when it's like a really, really, really old person, it's like, it's true. I'll that- take it. <laughs> uh, but it was really good when Homer lets them off. Now, I'm sure you got you lovely ladies can make it back to the prison on your own. We like, son, I never killed. <laughs> <laughs> they then, he then hang, hang shit on our California adventure. So, I at the time, this would have made sense. Now, it's not because it's a thriving theme park. But at the time, apparently, California Adventure was a bit of a bomb. Oh. I only know this because I watched a Disney documentary on Disney+. And uh, yeah, for a long time there, California Adventure, which is sort of like the, the little brother of Disneyland, yeah. the original one in, in um, Anaheim, wasn't a huge success now, but now they've got like um, Guardians of the Galaxy section and oh, the cars okay. ride and things like that. So now it's now it's taking off. But yeah, for a while there, obviously in the early two thousands, it wasn't going too well. So the police then arrived to um to pull them over because and there's a lot of cops here. It's like every cop in Springfield, mm. very similar to Marginal Lamb. Yes, and uh, Homer says he will not leave her, but Mona says by you staying here, you're going to do to your family what I did to you, and I cannot let you do that. And I thought that was a really good moment for the character. I thought know, so as well. as well, actually. Yeah, yeah. Yep. I mean, well thought out. 
Yeah. So she tases him. She says she loves him. She tases him, pushes him out. That's lucky. Lands on a bed, rolls into thorns. <laughs> this that, that's just that's a Swartzwater kind of gag. I reckon. Not just thorns, but all manner of what else? Oh yeah, brambles, nettles. Oh, have you ever have you ever been stung by stinging nettles? I maybe what which which ones are they? Well, they they kind of look like a marijuana leaf, actually, or maybe. Oh yes, they're out out in the grass and stuff. Yeah, oh, they're yeah. the worst. Yeah, I, I yeah, like a, haven't been uh, stung by them for years, but uh, I remember when I was a little boy, it's like. Just I just wandered through a big patch that yeah. was like, wait a minute, what's Ow- going on? <laughs> Pain? What? Ouch! <laughs> I remember I used to um, we used to have like, is it milk thistles in the backyard? I used to grow in the backyard. Sounds about right. Yeah, yeah, but I remember once I thought I was grabbing my milk thistle, but I was grabbing a big one of those things. No! And I just grabbed it with my hand, and my hand was just on fire. <laughs> I didn't know what was going on. Got like a rash and everything. Yeah, not pleasant at all. But Homer's going through all the thorns and whatnot, so he's um, I just thought it was a very swats water kind of gag. Mm-hmm. Then how good is it? Granny to the man. Granny to the man. <laughs> <laughs> this is the man. And Wiggum's reading the hippie English dictionary. <laughs> he explains to her the only way you're getting off of this is in a box or a funicular. Lou suggests maybe a hot air balloon. He's, he's very mean to Lou and Eddie lately, Wiggum, <laughs> don't you think? He's always like, Lou and Eddie say something, Wiggum shuts them down. That seems to be the thing now. I think he's on a bit of a power trip, old, uh, old Wiggum, old Clancy. Yeah. He's, uh, yeah, not taking any guff from the uh, from his... I was about to say inferior officers, because, I mean, you've got a superior officer. I wonder if you refer to people lower ranked as your inferior officers. I don't think you should. I'm going to report to my co-workers as inferior co-workers and see what they say. Do it. <laughs> I'm your inferior co-host. Is that right? Absolutely not. I'm the inferior one in this. I'm definitely the... <laughs> you're the alpha. I'm the beta. Nah, I don't think so. So, can you explain to the listeners, who is Jules Verne? Oh, Jules Verne was a uh, a writer of French, well, a French writer of science fiction and um, and fantasy. Uh, I think he did Around the World in 80 Days. He certainly did 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Yes. Um, yeah, one of the pioneers of, um, yeah, early sci-fi and fantasy. I love the genre of just fantasy. It's, you can just do whatever you want. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I mean, I think fantasy nowadays is sort of regarded as, you know, very Lord of the Ringsy, maybe a bit Harry Potter. I was going to say, yeah, yeah. That kind of Lord of the, the Rings. Yeah, this I, I guess Vern was more sort of um, more sci-fi than fantasy, although sci-fi in the way that maybe Star Wars is, as opposed to Star Trek. Oh, hang on, mm-hmm. no, sci-fi in the way that Star Trek is, as opposed to Star Wars. So, so yeah, sci-fi is more. How would you? What would you explain the differences between Star Trek and Star Wars? Star Wars is more, I feel like, a western. Western set in space, kind of. A little bit, yeah. That's a really good question. I mean, I'm, I'm sure if I was smarter, <laughs> I could... Uh, yeah, come- I, I feel, I, But Star Trek seems to be... I haven't seen much Star Trek, if any. It just comes across like it's less action, more dialogue, and Star, Star Wars is more action, less dialogue. I think that might be the case, yeah. I mean, certainly in the early days with the, with the Star Trek TV series, it was more... Okay, we're going to a planet. What what can we build on the soundstage this week? And then when it became, you know, a, a movie franchise and moved into Next Generation, even I think even Next Generation's a bit more like that. But uh, it's got a bit of action in it, but not a whole lot. Okay, Next Generation, kick-ass pinball machine it, for all you pinball enthusiasts. Out there, is one it of the now? best. Okay. Do you know one show that I want to revisit? Speaking of stars, Stargate. SG One. This I loved it as a kid. There's so many of them though, aren't there? There's a bunch yeah. of like franchises. Yeah, Atlantis and all that. But Universe. I, the original, and- the original with MacGyver, like Stargate SG One. <laughs> I remember that was one of those shows that I remember watching with Mum. I think it was Monday at like eight thirty or whatever. I was, I was, I remember being after Friends, 
So I wouldn't mind just going back in. I think it's on stand, maybe. I'm not too sure, but no. I'm going to go back and revisit, I reckon. And I think it's one of those shows where I feel like I could probably get Nicola into it. Because <laughs> it's, it's not as sci-fi as what Star Trek is kind of thing. Yeah. It doesn't, it, it's more like a... I don't know. Did you ever watch Stargate? The original one? I never did. Never watched a never single did. episode okay. of the show. I, I like the really? movie a lot. Yeah, yeah. The movie's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, maybe we should watch it sometime. Maybe we can both watch it together. <laughs> we might launch another show. Yeah, why not? If there's listeners out there who'd be interested in hearing us do some reviews of a few <laughs> episodes of SG1, let us know and um, we'll check it out. But anyway, getting back to the end of My Mother the Carjacker. So she's thrown Homer out and she's talking to Wiggum here. He says, you're not going to get away. Uh, but it, Homer's watching from a distance and he thinks she's going to get away. He's rooting for her. It's actually, this This scene's pretty fucked up. Like, Homer thinks he's watching his mother die. Mm. You, you see, like the, 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 so the bus crashes into the water. What's it, what is it first? It's a, um, it's still a rescue mission. And now it's a salvage <laughs> mission. Uh, everyone take some time and I'll see you at 10 tomorrow. <laughs> uh, it reminded me of when, um, this would have come after, of course. You know when Kenny died in the episode of Pink Eye that we were watching? At the end, where the the ship crashes on oh, him. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, very similar. Just like bang, bang, bang. All these different things happen. But we're now at the funeral for Mona, and each little character has their little line. You know, you're always inspirational. Bart says, "You taught me that criminals could evade the law or well into old age." Marge has stolen her meatloaf recipe. Have you ever stolen a recipe and claimed it as your own? Oh no, I would always attribute. Okay. <laughs> Although I get the feeling if you sort of make something long enough, you know, you'd start adding your own little wrinkles into it and then it becomes your own. Yes, exactly right. Uh, but then Homer sort of points out here, your last act as a mother was to make me a better father. Aww. And then unfortunately the coffin wheels away, which is a bit dark there, and then kicks over Grummy's stone. <laughs> a, nice little, a nice little touch there, there being Grummy. I thought it lingered on Grummy a little bit too long though. Anyway. Homer's then reading the various newspapers at like 2am. He's trying to find another message from his mother because they never found her body. So it's just, and the rule is in television, never see him die, never see a body. They're still alive. Correct. He, he's watched plenty of television to know this. So he's going through all the um, the different newspapers. And as Bart says, how? Like, how do you know that um, they never found a body? Like, what, was in the, what was in their coffin? Oh, last week's garbage. I missed the pickup date. Now, didn't, <laughs> oh no, it was Treehouse of Horror 14. It was last week where Marge says it's garbage day, put death in the in the can. I thought it might have been a little uh. callback to that, but no, it's not. Different episode. But the um, the family, I like that the family humour him here though. You know, okay, homie, if it oh, makes okay. you feel better, she's here. She'll live on. And this is actually a nice way to think about things. I say this about my nan as well. It's, as long as you're thinking about her, she'll always be alive. Very you know? true. That's why I've got a photo of my nan on the wall. And we always, because Alex at that age where he's three, so he'll tend to forget a lot of what's happening right now. We always, like nearly every day I ask him, who's that? It's like, that's nanny. So hopefully if I ask him long enough, he'll just still remember memories of Nanny, which will be good. Well-parented, Dando. Homer, your mother loves you. I escaped from the bus the moment before it plunged off the cliff. I then hitched a ride from a nice young couple. We had lunch at a lovely diner. They had clam chowder, Rhode Island style. I never knew there was such a thing. And the crackers kept on coming. So you think that was needed for the audience, that ending, confirming that she was alive still? They couldn't left it? I think it was a nice touch. I, I, I kind of enjoyed it. I mean, I yep, yeah. I think we all saw it coming probably. I don't think we knew that. I think we all knew that uh, they weren't they weren't going to bump Mona off. Also, And as you said, you didn't see the body. But even that said though, it happened all, all happened too quickly for it to be true, I think. I don't know. It just felt like, oh, okay, so now she's apparently dead. And you, you knew 
her history of getting away from the from the popo that she's probably <laughs> going to find a way out of this bus as well but yeah i personally probably would have preferred if it was left a little bit more open-ended but i can see your point of view as well where some viewers just need closure don't they yes they you, do don't want to be, you, you don't watch the simpsons to be left feeling sad no i mean sometimes you do Absolutely. Sad, sad in a positive way, though. If that makes any sense, like sad when Homer's saying goodbye to his mother, and he's just, she's not dead. It's just, uh as yeah, I said, he hasn't got his mother again. As yeah. I said earlier, bittersweet. I think bittersweet's a better way. I yep. think that's a good way of describing, it as opposed to leaving on a real bummer note. So all in all, my mother, the carjacker, I think was yeah, another entertaining episode. I think uh, the first time I watched it, as I was saying, it did come across like a bit of a rehash of the same story, but there were certain elements to it where, in particular, the reason she left this time, it wasn't just her running away, it was her trying to uh, teach Homer how to be a better father and sort of risking herself as, as a result and that kind of thing. But would you call Mona a selfish person? Because she's left once again hmm. to get away from the cops. I guess she's, she's assuming Homer's going to find the newspaper article. If she if he found it once, he can find it again. Yeah, but is she going to keep doing it now until he knows? Mm, that's a really good question, and I don't have an answer for it, in all honesty. <laughs> what did we learn, Palmer? So what did you learn from the episode, Mr. Davis? Uh, I learned that being hit with a uh, stream from a hose counts as a bath. <laughs> Just ask Elliot. <laughs> I learned that I want to really want to try um, clam chowder Rhode Island style now. Sounds delicious. I'm not sure if I'd enjoyed clam chowder. First of all, I've got my shellfish allergy, and I don't think clams are, are clams actually shellfish. I'm not sure. I'm not too sure, but see, I'm not huge on seafood. But Glenn Nor Close has sold it on me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I like fish and chips, and I like calamari. That's uh, see, pretty much it. When I- when I go to the fish shop, I get a souvlaki, chicken souvlaki, <laughs> chips. I don't get fish. <laughs> I just Nicholas sometimes. Sometimes I get home from work, and Nicholas sometimes cooks dinner early in the afternoon before the kids get back from daycare or whatever. And she's cooked salmon in the oven. Ugh, fucking stinks. Yeah. Oh, I hate it. it. Just reeks the house of fucking fish smells. Disgusting. <laughs> from this day forward, your name shall be. All right, it is time for the Guy Davis New Name Championship for Season 15, My Mother the Carjacker. The current leaderboard stands at this on one point, Alistair Danik, two points, Luke McKay. What is it, McKay? You've done it again. And so, yes. Yes, and three points, Garoad Harrahill. Take it away. All right, one point, mm. two people, <laughs> two entrants. Okay. So these two, uh, these two entrants get a single point each, and they are, and I'll tell you why. Because mm-hmm. they come up with sort of similar titles. And I, okay. I was about to say, they're both so good, I couldn't tear them apart. But honestly, I couldn't be bothered working out the difference between the two. So I'm just going to give my point each. It's, um, one of them is Garoad Harahel. Ooh, Garoad's now on four points. Yes, he gave us Nan on the run. Yeah, very good. And our pal Jordan Saville. Jordan Saville, yes. Gave us uh, Grand Saville. on the run. Severe. Grand on the run. Yeah, very very similar. Yes, I see what you're saying there. It's too hard to divide the two. So one point each to uh, both those fine folks. Two points go to, and it's just one person this time. It was one, it was one mm-hmm. point over two people, and now it's two points for one person. And it's mm-hmm. Luke McKay. You've done it again. Oh, he's done it again. He's on four. He's on top with Garode. What's he got for us? He has given us Grandma Theft Auto. <laughs> Fantastic! That's I good. love that. That's great. Uh, having said all that, I mean, I realise that Mona is in fact a grandmother to Bart, Maggie, and Lisa, but she's sort of identified more as a mother. So we're getting a lot of Gran and Nan kind of things here, which I'll roll with. It's okay, but um, 
and I'm sure. That, don't get me wrong. There are a lot of mothers in the um, in the new name challenge as well. But um, I think Gran is probably something. Gran and Nan and Grandma is maybe something that you can have a little more fun with title wise. Yeah. Although there were some good mother ones in there. Having said that, let's go to three points. Hmm. And who gets the three points? D. L. Gorman. They have returned. D.L. Gorman. What have they got for us? They are back and they have given us two good ones, uh, which I just, well, actually, it's another Nan one. Sticking it to the Nan. Mm-hmm. Very good. Uh, but the one that I liked the most was Mona again, naturally. Oh, that's great, isn't it? It is. Yeah, that is very good. That's that's definitely worthy of winning. Yeah. Well done, DL. Nice to see them back. They took a season off. Now they're back and they're already up there. <laughs> <laughs> Swagging around, showing them who's boss. Garode last week was like, yeah, this one's mine. All of a sudden, DL's name comes out. It's like, oh, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> if I knew anything about wrestling, I'd sort of throw in some wrestling thing here. Like, it's what are the, it, yeah, what's the big challenge in... The big challenge? Like, is it like the big pay-per-view, like WrestleMania? I guess so, yeah. It's, it's going to be... It's, it's DL Gorman versus Garode Harrow in a last man standing elimination chamber hell in a cell... <laughs> Leave, loser leaves town match <laughs> hair versus hair even <laughs> alright so leaderboard now is uh, both on one point Alistair Danik and Jordan Savier three points Ooh. DL Gorman and four points both to Garode Harrahill and Luke McKay have done it again so a lot, lot, a lot of um, a lot of regulars have returned they, they went around last season but they're back now and they're already up there so you guys out there who have never contributed to the new name segment make sure you do so we want some new challenges for DL and Garo we can't let them take the reins again Philip Hawkins where are you? <laughs> These people are going to get big heads yes yes they certainly are alright so if you want to be a part of the new name championship as we said in the past you're just going to be a four finger discount patron patreon.com slash four finger discount but enough about that it is now time for some mailbag mm. Jamil Jamil is here! Okay, Mr. Davis, we're throwing the question out. We've asked for some questions from my mother, the carjacker, and they've come through. This one's for you. It's from Andrew JP. It says, what's your favourite humorous or unintentionally dirty newspaper headline? My favourite comes from the Hindustan Times. This was an article about Oscar-winning megastar Julia Roberts. She was a little later in her career. Or she'd also taken a little time off and raised a family and all that kind of stuff. But she came back all guns blazing and realised, you know, hmm, I'm getting better sort of uh, better parts, better acting parts as I as I get a bit older uh, and I can contribute to them a bit more because I've got more life experience. And how do you think the headline writer summed that all up? Julia Roberts finds life and her holes get better with age. Oh, my. Indeed, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Goodness gracious. How does that get through? I don't know. <laughs> but but I'm kind of glad it did. Do you think she was mortified when she read that? I'd I think like- she's got a sense of humour. She probably, she probably laughed at it. <laughs> they did run a correction eventually. It's just a very small one. I mean, I've run, well, I haven't run enough corrections, but I've worked in enough papers where you have to do the corrections and you're usually very sort of, quiet about it you know you do it a, a little thing in the in the corner of the page saying oh, sorry we made a mistake and this one a correction uh, a headline on page d4 of saturday's paper should have read julia roberts finds life and her rules get better in age yeah. but yeah you know, they ran a correction but uh, the damage was already done and those holes were just getting better and better <laughs> i'm just looking at the keyboard here the the h is like a good two or so keys away from the r it's not like it's a misspelling. Maybe it was an autocorrect. I don't know. Maybe. Or just that uh, that sub-editor had something else on their mind that day. 
Yeah, definitely holes of some kind. <laughs> but that's one of my favourites. All right. So next question here comes from Ian Astley. Ian Astley says, wow, we are now getting into proper unknown territory. Off the top of their head, I can't think of ever, I don't think I've ever seen this. Going to go back and watch it today, but linked to Mother Simpson, are there any character or characters who came back in a TV show or a movie who you felt probably should not have returned? Well, I'll tell you what, I mean, uh, being an older person, uh, I'll tell yeah. you that Dallas was mm-hmm. just one of the biggest things on TV. Was it like the Who Shot JR thing? Was it as big as what it's sort of talked it about? It really was. It was like on the cover of Time magazine. And, oh, wow, know, really? People were just absolutely, yeah, gobsmacked by the whole thing because, you know, Dallas was huge and JR was the biggest thing on Dallas. Uh, but something they did on that show was they bumped off JR's brother, his good guy brother, Bobby. Uh, played by Patrick Duffy. Um, From South Park. <laughs> tune into going down to South Park on the Four Finger Discount <laughs> Network. Um, but, uh, yeah, they bumped him off. It's like, oh, wow, that's a, you know, a pretty a pretty bold twist from this show, given that yeah. the character was, you know, fairly well loved. And guess what? They brought him back and they made it out like his death was just a dream, a collective dream. I oh, don't know. No. But, yeah, they pulled this sort of swifty where it's like, no, he's not really dead. He was. It was something that everybody just imagined, like a group delusion or something. I don't know how exactly they did Wait, it. Is this the dude from the shower? Yes, yeah. Someone opens up the shower and turns around and says, hey, it's me, Bobby. What? What's going on here? Oh, they, so the Who Shot JR aspect was, that's what the Who Shot Mr. Burns was a parody of. Yes. And there's a scene in part two that at the start of it where Smithers... You think he's woken up from having from, from being ah, asleep. He pulls okay. open the shower. Mr. Burns is in the shower, but he's actually having a dream. So obviously that was a take on that as well. Ah, there, there you go. go. I never knew what that was a parody of. There you go. I just thought it was a really random dream from Smithers. <laughs> <laughs> right, so Bobby Ewing, yeah. So he, was it was it like divided with the audience? Like, why did you bring him back? Or mm, I think people, I think people were so happy to sort of return to the status quo of yeah. like. People do love that status quo. We like Dallas and we like the people in Dallas. They're all back. Okay, let's just let's just forget that ever happened. All right, we also asked the listener question of the week this week was, what is your favourite ending to an episode? Because Mother Simpson seems to be an iconic one mm. and um, I thought I'd throw it out there. So do you have a favourite ending to a Simpsons episode, Mr. Davis, that you can recall? Um, I'd like the one with uh, the substitute episode. Oh, God, my- yeah, yeah, Mr. Bergstrom. Yep. Yeah, the the ending of that is just is very very nice, and you know you've got a a very moving bit. You've got a bit where it's like, oh god, this is quite emotional, and then it sort of resolves itself quite nicely in a, in a way that's like, oh, I think everything's going to be all right. So yeah, yes. I, I remember enjoying that one a great deal. Um, I tend to like episodes that end with <laughs> Homer and Lisa kind of reconciling or finding common ground, or you know, Lisa sort of humouring Homer that kind of thing. What's the one at the uh, is it the Renaissance Fair where they sort of walk away and that's one, that's my favorite episode, my favorite ending. Yeah. yeah, that's the Lisa's wedding. It's like I wrote the teacups and then I got <laughs> sick and then, then I, got I wrote them again. It's <laughs> <laughs> so nice. What's great about it is that episode starts with Lisa hating Homer. Like, oh, you're so annoying, blah blah blah. And then at the end, she's like, "Wow, what did you do next, then, Dad?" She's just like she accepts him for who he is and just yes. appreciates that it's her dad. It's a very very sweet ending, and obviously being a Having a daughter now, being a father of a, of a girl, mm. is going to hit even more when she gets a bit older. So, yeah, a very fantastic ending. I also like the ending of Lisa on Ice, 
with Bart and Lisa reconciling. Oh, yeah, and doing the skate along together. Yeah, yeah. It just reminds me of um, my sister and I when we were younger, just sort of playing playing around, hanging out with each other. We asked it to the Facebook page. I'm going to read out the uh, the most relevant answers, the ones at the top here. Shannon Rebecca also says Lisa on ice doesn't get nearly enough love, but I think it does. But uh, she says the episode as a whole is hilarious and chock full of iconic lines, but the end in particular is the perfect example of Simpsons at its best. She loves when we get to see Bart and Lisa just being kids, and the montage at the end of the episode is just perfect and heartwarming, of course, intertwined with the comedy of the people in the stands rioting over a kid's hockey game. It's just gold. <laughs> we also get here from Jack Edward Henderson. It says, Treehouse of Horror 5 with the fog that turns everybody inside out. Or Bart of Darkness for Martin Prince singing The Summer Wind with 17 pairs of swimming trunks around his ankles. <laughs> that is a good one, actually. Was it The Gentle Caress of the su- Summer Breeze or something mm. like that? <laughs> but oh, what I liked here is some people went away from the, the, the sappy ones mm. and they said, Julie Moy said she loves the random nonsensical endings, like myself. Like, for example, when um, it's the mysterious voyage of Homer when he eats chili pepper. And he ends oh, yeah. up cr- the ship ends up crashing with all the short shorts and just Lenny saying who likes short shorts and everyone just starts dancing <laughs> or the ending for me the Burns Baby Burns where they start doing the um, is it Caddyshack where they go anywhere you want, want it. It. <laughs> 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 we're Rodney Dangerfield oh who doesn't love a Caddyshack ending alright I'm surprised so head over to the Twitter now at Four Finger Pod if you haven't followed us yet if you haven't followed us yet make sure you do so so at the Simpsons TQ the Simpsons Trivia Quiz they mentioned an ending here that I'm surprised you didn't mention because you've mentioned this a few times in the past. Come on in, Dignity's on me, friends. Oh, how did I forget that? Yeah, that's like your favourite, right? It kind of is. I'm getting going to tear up now that you've mentioned it. It's a brilliant ending, isn't it? Mm, Dignity's love- on me. What a line. Lovely. But we got here from another Simpsons podcast, the Smells Like Otto's Jacket podcast. They said, Ooh. since everyone is giving the sappy and incorrect answers, allow <laughs> us to give you the right one. The reason... Uh, this is the one from Sherry Bobbins when she gets sucked into the uh, the aeroplane. <laughs> I'm like, that's not very nice. <laughs> but I, I remember as a kid not really buying the fact that she was dead. I guess because it's a cartoon. But I'm like, no, nope, oh, we yeah. just witnessed her get sucked into the turbines. She's dead. <laughs> anyway, thank you guys for your answers. Uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Four Finger Pod Twitter at Four Finger Discount on Instagram. If you want to contribute to next week's listener question, this has been our review of My Mother the Carjacker. Next week we are going to be reviewing an episode that I remember really, really not liking as a kid. So, and I haven't watched it since because that was just that was just instilled in my memory that I didn't like this episode. So I am actually really looking forward to going back and revisiting it. If you are, I am as well. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Don't forget, if you are enjoying the show and you want to contribute and get access to a bunch of exclusive content, including our new Tales of Futurama podcast, the Movie Guys podcast, and early access to this, Talking Seinfeld, Going Down to South Park, and the one about friends, as well as Zoom calls with Guy and myself, access to the Facebook group, monthly prize draws, and much, much more. It's patreon.com slash four-finger discount. Please continue to rate and review us on the iTunes store or the Apple Podcasts, I should say. Not not iTunes store, it's Apple Podcasts now. Or review us on uh, on Spotify. I think you can only leave star ratings on Spotify, but wherever you can leave ratings or reviews, wherever you listen to the show, please do so. The more they come through, the more chance people will discover the show. But for now, Mr. Davis, any final words for our incredible listeners? What a shrill, pointless podcast. Shh.